Hey ADHDers, Jane here. The other thing that um, I'm battling at the moment is therapies. Um, and a few people have asked me to talk about this because everyone's, I think, in a similar boat. So early intervention. Everyone's talking about early intervention and how when the brain's developing, it's the best time to put in time and resources. So it's a great time for early intervention. And I agree with this. I think pouring government resources into kids um, in early intervention is the best way. If you are unaware, you can go and contact the NDIS up here on the Sunshine Coast. There's a service called Bush Kids, which is completely free. You can self-refer. So if you feel like, oh, um, I think my child is getting behind, I think they need to be assessed, their speech isn't great, um, you know, their gross motor's behind, they can't hold a pencil, I'm getting worried about them, you can contact a local NDIS kids provider. If you don't know your local one, you can call the NDIS and ask. But they usually, if you Google it, they will say early intervention. So we have one on the coast called Bush Kids. I've self-referred there a few times. Um, and they will treat your child early intervention therapies without um, a diagnosis. And it's completely free. The reason the government does that is because of just the research behind early intervention into children with ADHD, ASD, anything, speech delay, just general delays. So I've been involved with them. Um, for the last seven years because I did realize quite early with my daughter that I felt there was something not quite right with her and you've been told multiple times by great um, you know GPs and and that she was fine but I you know as a mother you just know I knew um, I am raising a mini me which is so confronting because um, I'm highly emotional when it comes to her too um, it does push my buttons anyway um so um, I do have uh, three kids under seven, so we're in early intervention mode. However, sometimes when I've taken my kids to therapists, it takes a lot of time and energy to do that. So, you know, you're Googling, you're asking in the Sunshine Coast Mums page, you're looking up the resources, you're trying to figure out payment. Um, it's also convenience as well. I'm not going to drive over 20 minutes. Like my kids are terrible in the car. And um, what am I going to do with the other two when the other one's in the in the appointment? You know, for example... All three of my kids need orthotics. I had to take them to get orthotics. I only took the oldest two. I didn't only had two there with me, right? Um, and it was horrendous. And when I mean horrendous, I don't mean uh, like, let me just lay it out for you, taking two kids to the podiatrist. And I'm probably just going to tell you what you already know. You might have kids that are even a little bit more explosive than this, but it was going to be difficult from the beginning. I could see they weren't in a great mood when I picked them up from school. But what are you going to do? You can't cancel. You're going to lose your money. So you got to go it. So I'm trying to talk to them nicely, pre-frame. This is how it's going to be. That I just could feel it was building. It was building. They started to fight in the elevator up. Um, we go. We sit down. It's a very small office, right? It's right near my house. And I, I know the owner, so pretty loyal to her. They're a pretty good pediatric clinic, but they don't really have kid stuff there, which I, look, what are you going to do? Sometimes they'll sit down there and you know when it's bad, I'm like pulling out. And as I said, I've got two phones. So one's a work phone, but I will pull out both phones if needed, right? Like if someone calls me for work at that point, you just don't care. You just want to shut the emergency down. Neither of them want the phones. This is not looking good because you're like, oh no, they are already so overloaded. I think a great thing to do is to look up if you have an emotional regulation in kids. Um, you can see the symptoms of kids that are overloaded when they're about to blow get them before it happens, try and cool them down. If we didn't have a very expensive podiatrist appointment, I would not have gone, right? I would have bailed. But 
anyway, they didn't want the phones and the kids are starting to go feral. It's a very small office. They are starting to pull the thongs off the rack. Um, they are starting to look at magazines and then any magazine they pick up, the other one wants it. They're starting to physically fight. So then I was like, right, we're going outside. And I'm like trying to talk to the receptionist, but you know how like you're trying to talk quickly because you're like, if I don't actually physically hold these two back, they're going to blow. And, you know, we've got old love in the corner who's looking at me like, why aren't your kids sitting down? I'm getting really irritated with them. And that's putting me under pressure. The receptionist is trying to talk on the phone at this point, And I'm like, oh my God, they're, you know, you just start to feel embarrassed. And I was also overloaded as well. Like I'm starting to get a bit amped up too, you know, I'm feeling stressed because I love my good loom earplugs, don't have them. Um, I will do a review on the loom earplugs another day. What I will tell you is that I can never bloody find them because they're in this tiny little black box and but I've got no hope to finding them. I, the receptionist trying to talk on the phone. I'm trying to get her attention, right? Like you're like giving her the eye. Like if you don't come and answer my bloody question, like I'm going to blow up because I'm trying to hold them apart, but I'm also trying to figure out if I take these two little, I don't want to use the two little people, let's say if I want to take them for a quick walk, am I going to miss my appointment? Because we we arrived five, five, 10 minutes late, like already. And I'm thinking, what's going on? Is this lady coming? What are we doing? Like you start to feel panicked. I was panicking to be honest. Anyway, she's not looking at me. I can't get her attention. So I start to just crack it with the kids and I say, right, one of you just go outside because there's a hallway I can see it. There's no one out there, right? And it's a big echoey hallway and there's no one there. And it's actually quite a large area. And I thought, let me just burn some energy out there. And I was trying to separate them because they're both much better separated. They're actually quite angelic by themselves. It sounds weird. They are. Um, particularly my middle son who I have in the past called a demon. Like when he goes, I feel like he drains me. Um, so I'm like yelling, whispering, like yell, whispering, which we've all done. One of you go outside. Cause I'm trying not to yell, but I'm like also panicking. And of course they won't go out there. So then I open the door. It's quite a heavy, like glass door. You know, those old school ones with those big metal kind of squares as the handle, um, real old medical doors. And I open that and I'm like, basically just push one out. Like, I don't even care which one it is at this point. I want them separated. And I'm also thinking, how the hell are we going to get through two individual podiatry appointments at this point? Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this in this small office. Like, what was I thinking? Um, and then I was also berating myself a little bit inside. I'm like, am I such a bad mother that I've picked my kids up from school and I'm 20 minutes in and I want to run away? Like, you feel awful. Like, I don't want to be that mum. You know, I want to, it's really hard, isn't it? Like to have that balance anyway. So I'm trying to push one out the door. I push one out. As I go to push one out, the other one runs out too. And I thought initially, okay, well, they can just like destroy the echoey hallway. There's nothing out there. There's no one there. If someone walks through, they're going to leave pretty quick. And I'll just pretend I don't know what they're doing. You know how you just like want to put your head down. Anyway, reception gets off the phone. I turn around and I'm like, hey, look. My kids are pretty crazy. Um, I don't know what's going on with them, but this is going to be a pretty rough appointment. Um, I just wanted to know how far away the podiatrist was because I'll just take them for a walk if you're running late. And she's like, oh, um, another five minutes, Max, I wouldn't go anywhere. And I'm like, oh, God. Right. 
So I turn around. As I turn around, one of them's coming back inside. Um, and then as they go to go back outside, I don't really know how it happened, but the other one jammed, like jammed the fingers. Like I'm talking whole hand in there, reefing this glass door. They are both screaming. No, sorry. One of them that was hurt was screaming. I don't even know which one it was. And then I just started yelling at the other one, open the door, open the door, because they're still trying to block the other one from coming out. And then I start yelling. The other one starts yelling and we have an absolute showdown in the hallway. It was still old love looking at us or looking at me like, I don't know why you just don't discipline them properly, which is beautiful. Love that. So when that kid becomes crying and they're hurt, they then become mummy's boy or girl, whichever one it was, and they need ice and they need to sit in my lap. And it actually separates them out. So in some way that was a positive, which sounds awful, but it did shock circuit break the situation that we were in briefly. So I don't think the hand was that hurt. The ice didn't last very long. The podiatrist ended up running another 10 minutes late. So I'm like nursing this child. Um, on my lap who's massive um, and then the other one's kind of apologizing but then also ramping up so they're also starting to stir the other one like touching the magazines that the other one wanted and they're starting to re-simmer at this point and I'm like oh my god the highlight for me was my daughter who has a lot of sensory issues refused to wear the the orthotics so we've come out I think it was $350 per orthotic plus this like initial fee for the podiatrist. I don't think we got out of there much under $600. I, I feel like it could have been had a seven to start with it. It was, we do have hypermobility in the NDIS. So NDIS did cover some of it. Um, that wasn't too bad, but I suppose the kicker for me after that experience was when we came out and my son actually, to his credit, put the orthotics on. My daughter, um, actually didn't put them on and this morning was bin day and I don't know why I opened the bin I normally wouldn't I must have been putting a bag in I noticed that she had put her $350 orthotics in the bin um, and she doesn't like change so she was unhappy because we were discharged by the early intervention center at the hospital and we were put to par a private podiatrist um, and she threw them in the bin which I fished them out so this is going to be a ride for me to incentivize her to actually put them on. And yeah, I suppose for me, the therapies, that's what we were talking about is for, like, that is probably reflective of a normal appointment for an ADHD mom with ADHD kids. So am I looking forward to a podiatrist review? No, I'm not. Do I have to take my kids separately now? I don't know. I probably should, but that just take means you've got to go back three times. Um, and it's logistically hard. And I'm looking at this early intervention stuff. I'm hearing all of the importance of it. But I'm also wondering how to balance that with having fun. Because if I've got small kids and they love playing on the street with their friends, and I love them playing on the street with their friends because it's kind of like caravanning without having to caravan in that you kind of like inside, you can do some jobs, you can listen to a podcast. Obviously, you're keeping an eye on your kids. It's not, you're not hands-on with them all the time. You're kind of like putting some Band-Aids on, saying hello to some friends, like their friends, giving them some snacks, checking on them. Um, you know, you're putting up that slow sign to make sure no one in the cul-de-sac drives quickly. Um, but you're not, it's not the same as having them inside and it's not the same as taking them to a park and having to sit there and do nothing. So 
I'm like, every time I, I think about doing OT, psych, speech, I also have to weigh up the benefit versus, you know, what it costs. And, but that, that pressure with small kids to do early intervention versus the cost, the cost of running them around, the cost of them not relaxing, the cost of them not getting to play with their friends versus the benefit. Probably if I could guarantee getting an amazing therapist, I would probably think about it. I do think about getting someone mobile. Um, the cost to having someone mobile is that I, I'm quite a private person. I like to chill in, inside my own house and I would feel pressured to have to talk to them and then I'd have to probably feel like I'd have to mask up a bit, which is draining. I don't like to mask in my own house. If you're not sure what masking is, go back and listen to masking. But it's kind of like where you have to put on a bit of a front. Um, I find that difficult. We well, During COVID, we had nannies because I was working 50, 60 hours a week. As I said, I worked in mental health. So as my husband's business scaled down, mine scaled up. And having nannies and we had an all pair at one point in our house, I found very draining. So you do have the option to doing therapy at home. You do have the option to getting a mobile therapist out. If you have access to NDIS, they can claim the kilometers. Um, I tried to get a psychologist the other day to come out. I wanted all three kids to work on their social skills. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that's cool. I'll get one of them into the back room. The other two can play. They can rotate through. It's like really good money for the, for the psychologist. So I reckon I can get someone. I actually found a social skills specialist, pediatric psych, who wasn't full, who just moved to the area. Miracle, right? Um, call them, like make an intake appointment, which was really painful because you've got to do all the stuff, right? Get to the end of it and she says, under the APS guidelines, which is the Australian Psychological Society, she could only treat one sibling because it might be a conflict to have eye therapy for all three. I was so frustrated. And I said to them, I'm like, really? I've just done like a 50-minute intake for you to tell me you're not going to do all three. Like I've got to find another. Like it's just draining. I don't know if anyone else feels that way. I was so frustrated. Um, in about half an hour, I've got a early intervention OT appointment. Um, the OT is apparently brilliant. They run social skills programs um, for kids with ADHD or ASD or whatever it is on the coast. Um, but like they can't do the group together. So you're literally going to have to find three groups throughout the week. That's three days. That's on top of swimming, which I think is a non-negotiable. My daughter loves art. It's her thing. She won't sacrifice art. And then both of them play netball and rugby. I'm really keen for netball and rugby to finish up. So we've got another spare day. I don't love having things on every day of the week. So there is that pressure because you want your kids to have fun and things like you want them to play sport, you want them to do art, you want them to do dancing, you want them to do whatever you want they want to do, but they've often got a lot of energy, so they want to do everything. Um, and so you're trying to rein them back in because they also need time to rest, but then you've also got the pressure of therapies. So for me, there's always that, that struggle, that struggle with the balance, that struggle to keep all the balls in the air, that struggle to do what's best for your kids, that closing gap of the early intervention, but also wanting them to have fun. And I think, God, they're only young once and 
if they want to play out on the street and they give me a bit of time to fold the washing, then maybe I have the energy to play Uno with them. Am I a better mother um, by doing that? Or, I mean, that podiatrist appointment was an absolute mess. I, I can't even imagine taking them to appointments like that all the time. But is that the right thing to do? I saw something online the other day. It was called Therapy at Home. Um, and I actually ended up buying a few board games. And you know, I've been pretty open in some of the episodes. I don't like board games. However, um, I, they're like social skills board games. So it's about, you know, like Feelings Detective was called one of them or social cues. Um, with ADHD, with kids, sometimes they don't pick up. So one of the differences I was explaining to my husband the other day um, is, and this is just a very simple example, and I'm not an expert, so just I always say that very clearly. Um, with ASD, which is an acronym for autism, some of those people and children have st struggled to recognise social cues. So they can look at someone's face and not know what that means. So that person can be angry with them and they might not know, um, or they might be smiling, like wanting them to talk more, and they, they, don't, they don't necessarily pick up. They have to learn that. When I talk about driving a manual car or an automatic car, a neurotypical uh, response is that they can kind of pick up on things quite easily, whereas someone with autism or ASD have to work a little bit harder. So they might have to, you can see flashcards with facial recognition. They have to actually learn that as a skill. Um, one of my friends has autism and she said that she picks up on feelings. She can't see faces very well, but she can pick up on the feeling. She's a bit of an empath. So she can feel what people are thinking and feeling but she can't read the faces. Kids with ADHD can read the faces a little bit better. Um, I think my kids can read faces quite well. However, they don't take a breath to read the face. And that's what I think I struggle with as well. I talk about facial blindness and how I can meet someone and then not remember meeting them and how socially inappropriate that is. I walked up to somebody who I thought was one of my kids' friends' mums at pickup yesterday, get this for embarrassing. I got out of the car and I was like, oh, it's Tracy. And it went up and I said, oh, Tracy. And she looked at me, no idea who I was. It was not Tracy. I don't even think they look similar. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. I was like humiliated. Anyway, so I don't think I take the time to read people's faces at times. And I don't think I take the time to remember someone's face when I meet them. Sometimes I get nervous, so someone will go, this is Tracy, and I'll go, oh, nice to meet you, Tracy. But now I actually learn to stop myself, and I try to take note of their face, and I actually say to them, I'm sorry, I missed your name. Can you repeat it? And they'll say, Tracy. And then I'll look at them, and I'll say, Tracy, Charlie's mum. Yep, Tracy. And I'll repeat it a few times verbally, and I'll usually say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm really bad with names and faces. Um, and I, well, I think I'm better at it, but honestly, I wouldn't know because I walk around and I don't recognize people. So I might be doing that all the time. No idea. Anyway, kids with ADHD struggle to recognize social cues. They struggle to slow down and check the room before they kind of arrive into a group. My daughter will walk into a group that we're already playing something and she will announce what she wants to play. She's a bit of a boss. Um, and so you, you hear the stuff at home about how she's come off or how my, my son struggles a little bit socially as well. Um, he likes to wrap bag kids because he likes kids that are, are doing stuff. I've tried to make him be friends. The kids are a little bit quieter and sweeter. He's not interested, right? Um, 
And my husband on one of our date nights we were having a few drinks, he actually disclosed to me that he would actively seek out the worst kids in every class because he was a bit of a thrill seeker and he got quite bored. So that was a really big insight into my second son because um, he's very much like my husband, which is kind of funny because we laugh because I'm raising my mini me daughter and he's raising a mini me son. And like physically, like they look very similar to us individually. But what's funny is that they don't get on as kids, um, which is kind of hilarious because my husband and I have a beautiful relationship. Like I will take him to marriage, to parenting um, workshops or we do individually parent stuff um, with our kids. So one thing that my husband and I are trying, and I did want to mention this quite strongly, I'm quite tight with the psychologist that diagnosed me with ADHD. Um, what I've spoken to him about is the therapy and the pressure, the pressure of the early intervention and um, driving kids around to appointments. And he's agreed with me on some level, and this isn't true for everybody, right? This is just, I'm talking about my circumstance with my kids. I spoke to the psychologist about how we can as parents um, become therapists for our kids. And now that only, that doesn't work long-term, right? Like I'm talking about speech OT when they're really young and they love you so much and they do listen a lot of the time. For example, speech, like I've been downloading some speech apps and I've been doing some speech therapy with the kids. So that's probably not as good, right? I get that. Um, but for me at the moment, as opposed to driving them to a speech pathologist, um, the person's like not necessarily getting the buy-in. Whereas if I find a quiet moment with the other two watching TV and the kids are pretty run out, um, often when the kids want to do me time with me, I try and make it a therapy. That sounds really fucked up when I say that, but it's not because maybe I should be playing with them more, but I feel like I've got that buy-in where they want to be with me. So when they want to be with me, my son, who's very screen-based, I try and get him to read a book with me instead. Now, he's so interested in being close and cuddling with mom and wrapping in a blanket and being with me. He will tolerate reading a book. He doesn't like reading. But I make it about that, not about – otherwise, he just wants to watch a movie with me and eat popcorn, and that sounds nice, but I try and make it a bit more of an investment. Um, I'll do mathletics with them on the iPad. I'll do a bit of speech with them. The other thing that I've been – I'm thinking about doing is getting the board games with social cues and doing that with them. Um, whereas I think I can tolerate that. It sounds awful, tolerate a board game with my kids, but that's where my life is. And I think that could be where your life is too. And try and do some of that therapy stuff at home. I do that under the guidance of my psychologist who um, is happy to do some parenting strategies for us. So since been doing this with him, and we've only been doing it for the past three months, um, we've been going through a really hard time with my four-year-old, and we have managed to get him eating a good breakfast and dinner, going to daycare with no tears, no separation anxiety, um, sleeping in his own bed. Get ready for that, ladies. I know ADHD, the kids sometimes really want to be on you. I get that. Um, psychologist recommended... If you can get them from Jet Proof, J-E-T-T -T Proof, we put a sensory singlet on my son, full pyjamas, because he was needing to be warm, and we put a compression sheet on him. I might put the link in there for anyone who wants to have a look. 
it worked for us. I don't know. I'm not, as I said, I don't talk as a therapist. I'm talking about someone who's been there, right? So we have done that for my four-year-old to get him sleeping in his own bed. And we haven't been using therapists. I've been getting my psychologist to give me a parenting strategy sheet. We go there with my husband. We get it done that way. That might be something to have a bit of a think about um, rather than traipsing around doing therapies, which might not work for you. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I'm really hoping that resonates. Please send me a message if it does. Um, If you're loving this, give me a follow, send me a review. That means a lot. Share it with a friend. Thanks so much, guys. Till next time.